Hello there. Welcome to Mountain Meister. This is the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. I'm your host, Ben Shank. This is part two of our three-part series about our Summit for Someone climb of Mount Langley this past summer. In part one, we got to meet the climbers. We had the first-timer, Sarah Banfield. So it's just just the hiking part plus helping kids. I mean, it was a win-win on both ends. The veteran. Steven Reinhold. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mount Langley will actually be my fourth summit for someone climb. Uh, I've done Mount Whitney, Mount Shasta, and the Grand Teton. And me. Altitude definitely makes me realize how much time I spend at sea level, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I'm paying for it. All right, it's summit day here on Mount Langley. Woke up at sunrise, had a nice leisurely breakfast, getting all packed up. It's about 10 miles round trip to the summit, five miles each way, covering 2,500 vertical feet. Altitude feels fine now. I feel like I can breathe again. I guess the sleep helped. Um, Everybody else is feeling good too. It's amazing what a good night's sleep can do. I'm a little nervous about the altitude given the way that I felt yesterday. I had a big time headache. Felt a little woozy at times. Now I feel great. But I'm wondering if that's how I feel at 11.4. How am I going to feel at 14 plus? We'll see. The altitude was the biggest variable coming into this for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I kind of looked up the terrain and knew that I would be comfortable with the terrain, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know how I would handle the altitude. And I think that was the case with almost everybody on the climb. Uh, How do you manage that? There's certain small strategies that we we always apply to to altitude. That's Matt Robertson, our guide for the trip. Um, Slow acclimatization is ideal. Um, With the realities of people traveling from far away to come here to climb this peak on a limited time schedule, it's not always... um, easy to deal with but we do try to step you know take it in small steps in this case we had a fairly big step from Lone Pine right which is around 4,000 feet up to our high uh, up to our camp which was uh, over 11,000 feet and um, and that's going to beat up everyone a little bit there are a couple different routes up Mount Langley Uh, one of them is called New Army Pass and another one is called Old Army Pass and both of these they're, they're similar in, in terrain. The reason one is called new and one is called old is the old army pass is not maintained anymore. And, uh, and so there's a lot more people that go on new army pass. Go ahead, take your bag off. We'll make this kind of a bit of a... Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you guys are chilly, throw a fleece or sugar. Oh. I'm learning some strategies called one's called the the push the push breath I believe. And one of the things about the pressure breathing. So when you purse your lips, I want to create like a not very good hole to blow out. 
So what I'm doing, I'm actually kind of blocking the flow of air, yeah. and it creates back pressure. Okay. So it pushes the oxygen a little bit harder in the bottom of my lungs okay. to those alveoli where you exchange oxygen right, right, right. into your blood cells. Yeah. I'm just trying to really get a lot of air in your lungs and push it out in a forceful motion through a small Don't feel like it makes you sound like you're struggling. That's honest to you. Because if you're worried about what it sounds like, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Pressure breathing <laughs> is an effective method used by the strongest mountaineers in the world. So if we don't hear you breathing correctly, then we start to feel a little bit worried. I don't know why, but I don't want to... I don't want people to hear me pressure breathe because it's a hard thing to get because you don't want people to think that you're struggling. It's weird. Yeah. So much. I have so much ego. Yeah. And really, I know I keep saying this, guys, but really, I'm sucking wind there too. So don't feel like. I was wondering that. Yeah. So you feel the altitude? Oh, yeah. Maybe not so much the altitude, the effort. Okay. I the the main motivation going into this trip was to not hold people back. And then when I'm on the trip, is like I just am competitive. Even with the other people on the climb, I want to be kind of like at the front. I want to show that I'm not struggling. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you have this big issue of people having that sort of ego mm-hmm. and not being transparent with how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. How do you manage that as a guide? That's a great question. And first, I got to say you did great. Thank you. You, 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 you were plenty strong. And... Um, <clears throat> And it's totally understandable. No one wants to be the last right. wildebeest. Yes. <laughs> um, but in a group like this, and this was a good example, the group really did come together, and there was yeah. a spirit of, of teamwork and, and working together in this case. And, um, um, you know, pacing is so important. And as the guide, um, sometimes it's, 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 it's a tough challenge. You know, we, we want to get up, you know, if there's weather coming in, we want to get up the mountain and get back down. We want to move fast. We want to speed is safety but at the same time can't push can't push the group too hard and it can be discouraging for people that are really pushing at their limit and they've still got a couple thousand feet to go we've all had that feeling one time or another of oh my gosh i can't keep up you know that feeling of of being too slow Mm -hmm. is scary and on a group where you haven't met all the members before um there can be a bit of, of intimidation right. of how strong is everyone else going to be. And so. the terrain will change from a, a trail that a trail crew actually made to one that's closer to a, what we call a climber's trail, just a trail that's been beat in by people walking on it. And, uh, but it's very pretty because you're up kind of high and, and you get a great view looking off in both directions, both towards the east and the west. We're at the point where you can't really see the summit, and you're just wondering when are we going to get to the top and see the summit. Beautiful views, though, of the Sierra. Looking down on two other lakes. For me, the best part of this whole thing is watching everyone in the group push themselves 
kind of push up against their physical or mental limits or both. When did it turn from, wow, this is great, to, God, get this over with? As soon as we started going up the sand. Okay, the sandy part. Yeah. My body felt like it weighed a thousand pounds, and I just could not catch my breath, and I mentally didn't think I was going to get up there. Like, there was a point when I was just like, okay... I think this is as far as I'm going to be able to go. And I was kind of lagging behind everybody, which made it even more difficult because I wanted to keep up. It doesn't feel like you're making progress. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Like, take one step in the sand and a half step back. And I look, I look up, I'm like, they're so far away. It will hit one kind of impasse in the route where it changes from walking to some scrambling. And it's... It's technically what we call class three <clears throat> climbing, which is basically anything that requires using your hands and your feet. And uh, fall potential is not huge on it. Uh, it's the kind of thing where you uh, you can usually just get a spot. Uh, somebody spots you from below, and you kind of climb up on something, and, and then the terrain gets okay again. But there's a section of about... I'd say close to a hundred vertical feet where it's like that. What's keeping you going right now? Nothing. Nothing? So you're not going to the summit? No? In this case, everyone sort of successfully pushed through and probably achieved more than they expected to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I love being in the mountains and being surrounded by all this beauty that we get to be surrounded by. And I do love pushing my own limits. But Uh watching other people push through their own limits and realize things about themselves and realize things about their own capability is, I mean, that's worth a million dollars. You get to see people go through their entire emotional gamut. Yep. Right? Yep. <laughs> That's sh- pretty cool. The shiny, the shiny veneer that we all have in, in our normal life sort of gets stripped away when we're in the mountains. Looks like we negotiated our way past some class three scrambling. Yeah. How do you feel, Steven? Like a million bucks. A million bucks? Up to the uh, Plateau or Mount Langley. Experiences like this do a lot for your life. Beauties of big city mountaineers getting spreading those kinds of experiences with people that would never get those opportunities. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, one of the funniest stories uh, that I had from uh, from my trips. That's is, Jeff Weedman uh, again, former executive director of Big City Mountaineers. Kid from Racine, uh, which is a pretty rough town in in Wisconsin, and uh, I got up in the middle of the night to relieve myself, and it was. Uh, Typical uh, Boundary Waters night, new moon, no clouds, stars were intense, and uh, I just laid down on a rock and I was watching satellites go by. And he got up to do the same thing, and he came over and he said, what are you doing? And I just pointed up. (laughs) And he looked up, and at the top of his lungs, he yelled, holy... And it echoed through the park, you know, at that night. You could hear it echoing through the park. And I said, Johnny, inside voice, inside voice. And he said, what are those? And I said, those are stars. 
And he said, we don't have stars in Racine. I mean, that's where they come from. Or they'll see a moose and they'll say, who feeds it? And it's like, no, you don't get it. This is where they live. They take care of themselves. We're the ones that are visiting. They're not visiting us. And he's just big mind flips like that that take place during every trip. And for some, for someone, too. Yeah. It's quite a push to do this for the average individual. Yeah. I mean, you and I have felt what Sarah's feeling. Oh, yeah. Right? Pushing yourself to, like... Oh, yeah, I'm dying. That absolute limit. Yeah, there's no air up here. <laughs> breathing hard at this point you're either a freak or you're from Tibet maybe <laughs> it's funny you get to these stages and you're like why am I doing this Never. I don't want to do this again yeah, those and questions then. are always answered right. a week later you'd be like oh Mount Langley was just like the greatest time right. ever. you're not going to remember just logging up here like last night, I had a headache. It's like, what am I? Yeah, what am I doing? At this point, when you start asking yourself those questions, like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? It helps to remember that it's not about you. You're somebody for someone else. I mean, uh, last trip, a 19-year-old kid says he's had 17 foster homes. I mean, what? How do you? How do you get by in life when your when your backdrops changing almost every year? You know, it's uh, it's crazy. This is it? You've made it. Got a few more steps. Get that final view. Wow. Holy shit. That's pretty scary. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to take off my pack because I don't want to tip over. Oh man. And, and it's really kind of pretty as you as you pop out on the summit. Then the whole north side of the Sierra uh, from there, it just all of a sudden displays itself. And you see Mount Whitney to the north and Lone Pine Peak and uh, a lot of stuff off to the west of the Sierra, uh, Kern River. And So Dane Needle and Crooks Peak are the same. They're the next one over. Which one's uh, Thor? Is that one you see? Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit low. It looks it's really like dramatic from some areas. That's Lone Pine Peak. Yeah, there. Is that Russell? The other tall one? Yeah, the, the, to the left. It, it's, look, it's hard to spot except it's got two summits of the same height and a flat line between them. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then the one to the... A bit to the right that's higher, the highest section of the skyline yeah. over here, yeah. that's Williamson. Williamson, okay. Yeah. That's a high 14, that's like the third highest. So what about out in the distance there? Is that like Pictures of this don't really do it justice, but we're going to have them on our website anyway. mtnmeister.com. Pictures from the summit and everything else from the climb. Maybe the scariest thing of my life is looking over the edge of Mount Langley. <laughs> Huge drop off. I get kind of queasy with heights. Ew. 
I'm approaching the edge and I don't want to go any further. There's a tailwind too. Not worth it. <laughs> I army crawled up to the edge and took a video. But that's about enough for me. What do you notice that's different about a group of people that's working towards something larger uh, versus those who are doing it more for personal reasons? That's a great question. And the, the, the positivity that's evident when people come into mm-hmm. something where the main mission isn't selfish, um, I see that that positivity comes in right from the very beginning. Whereas if it's a group that's not here to raise money or awareness or to do something for a greater good, um, that positivity takes a little bit longer to come out. Hmm. But I, I, I think that we're doing something for a greater cause than our own kind of bonds everyone together and gets everyone in a, in a more positive mood. Mm-hmm. And in the absence of that, that positivity hopefully does come and often does, but it takes a, a little right. bit more time. Maybe the out. reason is because the climb already started way long ago and you're yes. raising money and, you know, there's much more to the experience than, yep. than just the climb itself. Oh, yeah, definitely. The Summit for Someone climbs are a, a way more memorable experience. Um, you know, any, any kind of climb, it's great, but it's a little self-fulfilling. You know, you get your Summit selfie and you come back and post it and tell a few friends about it and, and it's wonderful. But, you know, I still, like throughout all those Summit for Someone climbs I've done, I still have several handfuls of, of close friends um, and just, you know, great, great memories. And obviously there's the uh, the great feeling of knowing that you've supported this great cause, that you've raised money to take these kids on wilderness mentoring trips. So you definitely get the, the bonus of that added in there as well. How you feel? Amazing. Was it worth it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's great. It's, a, it's been a great experience for me. and It's been really cool to be a part of, of cool. this kind of thing. Because, you know, even though I work as a guide, for me, it's it, it is a little bit selfish. I, I do do this because I love doing this, and I love the feeling of achievement in my own self. Partly for climbing mountains, and partly for being a part of other people's great experiences. But being able to be part of something like this that actually serves a greater good than than myself or ourselves is 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 just an awesome experience. For me. Well, but summit for someone plus big city mountaineers plus mountain meister equals heaven by Steven Reinhold. Hey, thanks for listening to part two in our three-part series of our Summit for Someone climb of Mount Langley. If you missed part one, you can find it on our website, mtnmeister.com, or go to your favorite podcast platform and listen there. Stay tuned for part three, because, well, we still need to get off of this mountain. We've had to split up. Hopefully we'll see her at the bottom in good spirits. But we'll see. You never know. That's what's so fun about this. You never know. Also, an exclusive deal for you that you won't want to miss. Enjoy doing the rest of whatever else you do when you listen to this podcast. Until the next time you hear my voice, I'm Ben Shank. Thanks for listening to Mountain Meister.